This morning we heard from Psalm, a sermon on Psalm 100. We saw that among other commands found in the passage, that we are to give thanks to God. He is our good shepherd who died for us so that we might live. Tonight we will continue to reflect on giving thanks as we study 1 Thessalonians 5.18. This can be found on page 988 of your pew Bible. As you're turning there, let me briefly describe the context of this verse in the whole of 1 Thessalonians. Paul, an apostle, is writing to the church in Thessalonica, following his missionary trip where he planted the church. His letter was meant to encourage the new believers in their faith and spur them on to godly living. Much like Washington, D.C., Thessalonica was a city of major wealth and influence. It was a melting pot of cultures, religions, and cults from Rome and much of the world. The Thessalonian church was made up of Jewish and Gentile converts. Much of the letter is filled with encouragement to the church. He begins by telling them how thankful he is for their strong faith and how they imitate Christ even through much affliction. We find in Acts chapter 17 that during Paul's first visit to Thessalonica, he had been run out of town by the authorities before he had finished discipling the young church. These were not peaceful times for the church, and Paul's encouraging letter is to help the church be at peace through hard circumstances. Toward the conclusion of his letter, where we find our text, Paul provides some practical instructions so that the church might be at peace. Within this context and call to peace, Paul writes 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, 18, our text for this evening. To get a clear sense of the context, please listen as I read 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 through 18. Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. In reflecting on 1 Thessalonians 5.18, we want to think of four simple questions. These will form the outline for the rest of our sermon. First, what does it mean to give thanks to God? Second, when should we give thanks? Third, why should we give thanks? And finally, how should we give thanks? With our context and outline set up, let's see what it means to give thanks. You cannot read Paul's letters without noticing a common theme of thanks or gratitude. In most places, he connects thankfulness with joy, praise, and prayer. He opens all of his letters, almost all of his letters, with some form of thankful statements, such as his letters to the Romans in chapter 1, saying, First, I thank my God through Jesus Christ for all of you. And in 1 Thessalonians, saying, We give thanks to God always. In our verse tonight, Paul is not modeling thanksgiving, but commanding it. To give thanks involves an action and an attitude. The action may be expressed verbally to statements um, to other people or in prayer to God. But all the actions should be accompanied by our attitude of a thankful heart. This is much like having a humble heart. The humble heart recognizes that we have received something out of the generosity of another. While we should give thanks for matters both great and small, you will notice when reading Paul's statements of gratitude that he keeps an underlying theme. Paul consistently thanks God for the work of Christ in our lives. He thanks God for the grace given to us in Christ Jesus and the victory over death we inherit. Having thought what it means to give thanks and what we can give thanks for, let's turn to our second point, which is when should we give thanks? We find the answer to this question in our verse for tonight. Verse 18 begins by saying, give thanks in all circumstances. While Paul is commanding us in this verse, I am struck by how Paul models this in his own life. 
And we can see this throughout his letters in the Old Testament, in the New Testament, that is. In his first letter to the Corinthians, uh, chapter 1, verse 4, he says, I give thanks to my God always for you because of the grace of God that was given to you in Christ Jesus. He goes on to say that this will sustain us to the end. Paul is not telling us to be thankful when good things happen to us. No, he is saying give thanks in all circumstances, meaning the good and the bad times. Paul and the Thessalonians would certainly have understood the gravity of all circumstances. Paul writes of his sufferings in 2 Corinthians chapters 11. To name just a few, he tells of five times he suffered the 40 lashes less one, one time he was stoned, and the three times he was shipwrecked. He says he was in danger with about every group of people he was with and everywhere that he was. Yet in the same letter, he opens his enclosing with encouraging words. Chapter 1, verse 3, he affirms God as the Father of mercies and God of all comfort. He ends the letter in chapter 13, telling the readers to rejoice. These aren't the words we would think of coming from someone who is constantly in danger. Paul endured more suffering as an apostle than most of us might ever experience. Also, it was quite possible that some members of this young church had lost their jobs or social status after becoming believers in Jesus. In Acts chapter 17, we read that some of them had been jailed for a short time because of their belief in King Jesus, a king who was above Caesar. His command to the Thessalonians and to us to be thankful in all circumstances should come as an encouragement and a challenge knowing what Paul endured. Paul was not alone in understanding our trials and sufferings. In 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 6-7, through 7, the Apostle Peter writes this, In this you rejoice, though now for a little while, if necessary, you have been grieved by various trials, so that the tested genuineness of your faith, more precious than gold that perishes, though it is tested by fire, may be found to result in praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. We can see that in all our circumstances can be used to test and grow our faith. We should pray that through all circumstances our faith will be strengthened and we will cling to Christ Jesus as our Savior to the last day. This brings us to our next point. Why should we be thankful in all circumstances? We just saw that it can test and refine our faith. But what does Paul say about it? Well, Paul gets right to the point of saying this in the second half of his verse. He finishes verse 18 by saying, For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. We see here that this is not merely Paul's command, but a command directly from God. So brothers and sisters, if you are not giving thanks in all circumstances, you are not in step with God's will. Why is this the will of God? God's will is that we turn from our sin, follow Christ, and become more like Christ. Giving thanks shows our weakness and God's greatness. It shows our need and God's provision. And not just our earthly needs of food, clothing, and shelter, but our need of salvation and our inability to save ourselves. In Paul's letter to the Romans, he quotes the Psalms by saying, None is righteous, no, not one. No one understands. No one seeks God. He continues saying, No one does good, not even one. And there is no fear of God before their eyes. This is very different from how the world views mankind. Most people seem to think that everyone is basically good. The spiritual thinkers say that everyone can find whatever God is in their own way. 
God's word says that instead of us being basically good, we are actually born into sin. Psalm 51 says, Behold, I was brought forth in iniquity, and in sin did my mother conceive me. Romans 3.23, For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. This might not sound so great for the person who hasn't repented of their sin and followed Christ, and it isn't. But to the Christian, this is actually something to be thankful for. If our salvation depended on us doing good, we would be working in vain. You see, all our sin is unacceptable to God. As the prophet Isaiah says, We have all become like the one who is unclean, and our righteous deeds are like a polluted garment. We all fade like a leaf, and our iniquities like the wind take us away. How on earth would we ever be confident that our good could outweigh our sin? I remember a song written by a Christian band called Cademan's Call. Conveniently for this sermon, the song was titled Thankful. In the song, the composer thanks God that he is incapable of doing any good on his own. Once again, how countercultural is this? But throughout the song, he is underscoring that our salvation comes through God's grace, not our works. He drives this point home in the last verse by quoting Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 through 9. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one can boast. Our culture is proud of giving thanks for its ability to do good. And while it is good to be thankful for good things that happen to us and good things that we do, we have to keep this in perspective, that it is only by God's grace that any good happens. James 1.17 says, Every good and every perfect gift comes from above, coming from the Father of lights. Philippians 4, verses 4 through 7, Paul says that through rejoicing, praying, and thanksgiving, we will receive the peace of God that surpasses all understanding. Everything good comes from God. Giving thanks produces peace. And God has saved us through the free gift of faith. God commands us to give thanks, and it is right to do so. We should always be thankful of our salvation in Christ Jesus and for the continual work of his spirit in our lives. This is God's will for you, Christian. Remember, Paul is writing to a church of believers in Christ Jesus. If you're here tonight and you're not a believer, if you have not put your faith in Jesus as your Savior, then friend, I give thanks that you are here tonight. Thank you for coming. I have heard and said phrases like this. Be thankful for the time you have. And after a rough day, be thankful that there's always tomorrow. But what about the people whose lives are so difficult that the time they have seems hopeless? And what if there is no tomorrow? Well, the Bible tells us that we are not promised tomorrow. Friend, I want you to know that you too can know the saving grace that Christians can always be thankful for. Jesus himself calls sinners like you and me to repent of our sins and believe that Christ Jesus died on the cross as a sacrifice for sinners and three days later, rose from, the, rose from the grave in order to save them. Tonight, you can give thanks to God for Jesus by turning, your sin, turning from your sins and placing your faith in him. This is the most important thing you could think about. And I would encourage you to speak with me or somebody, another member of this church about it after the sermon. Having thought about what it means to give thanks, when we should give thanks, and why we should give thanks, let's turn now and think more how we ought to see these truths applied in our lives. Let's consider our fourth question, which is, how should we give thanks? How should we respond to this passage? 
Do we let our circumstances control our thankfulness? I would encourage everyone to examine their hearts this week to look for symptoms that would signal to us that we are allowing our circumstances to hold us back from giving thanks. If you are anything like me, these struggles will sound familiar. Does your morning commute into work affect your attitude towards your coworkers? Does your evening commute affect your attitude towards your family? Have you been disgruntled all day because the Dallas Cowboys are not playing in the Super Bowl tonight? 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 through 18 teaches us that rejoicing and praying can lead to thanksgiving. Notice that preceding our verse tonight, in verses 16 and 17, Paul tells us to rejoice always and pray without ceasing. We can see how this works in light of the gospel. From the earliest scriptures, God has called us to be holy or set apart from the world as he is holy. In the New Testament, we are shown how it looks to be set apart through the life of Christ Jesus. We deserve hell, and the only way out of that is through our union with Christ. The world can be thankful for pleading matters, but Christians can always and eternally be thankful that we will have an eternity in the presence of God. We can rejoice always, because even in the worst circumstances, God has placed us, sovereignly placed us there for a reason. In those circumstances, we are being sanctified and made more like Christ through our suffering. We can rejoice more because we can pray to God. We can pray that the Holy Spirit will continue the good work of sanctification in our lives until the circumstance passes or until the end of our days. Because we can rejoice and have a God who listens to our prayers, we can be th very thankful in all circumstances. We can live at peace with one another and without anxiety of our circumstances. Each week brings all kinds of trials. Begin to look for ways to give thanks in all circumstances. See if the peace of Christ begins to fill your heart. For those of us that commute through the DC traffic, this is a great time to practice. Be thankful that you have a job to commute to. We're going to give thanks to God for his gift of salvation in Jesus Christ tonight through our celebration of the Lord's Supper. We will remember and be thankful for the righteous life Jesus lived when we eat the bread. We will remember and be thankful for the blood Jesus spilled on the cross, which is able to wash our sins away when we drink the fruit of the vine. We should conclude. We are commanded to give thanks. We should give thanks for the many blessings in our lives which we do not deserve. We should give thanks for our brothers and sisters in Christ, for their salvation and for their help as co-laborers in serving Christ. Above all, we should give thanks for the salvation freely given to those who repent of their sins and follow Christ. We should give thanks always and in all circumstances. Giving thanks in all circumstances is a means of grace for God's peace to be in our lives and to the world. Give thanks for God's blessings in the good times and in the bad times. Be thankful that he will never leave us or forsake us. Remember, this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for us to give thanks. We should always give thanks because through the death and resurrection of Christ, we have been redeemed from the curse of the law. Our sins, which separate us from God, have been covered by the righteousness of Christ, and we can know God for eternity. Giving thanks can be very difficult at times. We have his word to read and his Holy Spirit at work in our lives. We are commanded to rejoice in our salvation and pray continually. We will know God and his desires for our lives more intimately when we follow these disciplines. 
And consequently, we will have more to be thankful for. Let us pray. Holy God, we admit that our gratitude to you and to other people is often guided by our circumstances. This has caused us to be ungrateful at times. Forgive us when we fail to give you the thanks you deserve. Remind us that as Christians, nothing can separate us from your love. Thank you that wherever you have placed us in life and in all circumstances, we can know you and enjoy you forever because of the righteousness of Christ Jesus. Amen.